Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. This morning, that old chorus is coming to my mind. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. God is so good. He's so good to me. Isn't that funny? That comes to my mind. A lot of times I like singing those things, and you hear me from time to time because I just, it comes from the heart. God is so good. He's so good to me. I don't deserve his love. I don't deserve what he's done for me. But he loves me. He forgives me. He puts up with me. You know what? I'm so thankful. I am so thankful. Lord, God, Heavenly Father, lead us. Open our hearts today. May we see a piece of you this day. Bless your people. Give them a tremendous day. May the power of God overwhelm them. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Revelations, Jesus talking to the church of Ephesus. He talked to a lot of churches, but in the church of Ephesus, and he's giving them advice. He tells them he recognizes their hard work and how they are hanging in there and how they've endured hardships. But yet they had forsaken their first love, who was Jesus, because they were so busy doing good things. People, this happens all the time with Christian leaders, that we get so tied up with looking after people and figuring out programs and doing programs of the church that we virtually spend no time alone with Jesus to draw near to him. And people, I've been guilty of it myself. I've been guilty in the past of doing the same thing and had to come to recognition to stop being so busy doing and spend time with my Heavenly Father. Some people think there's relationship crisis about how many things they can get done for him. Well, he desires your love, but he desires to have a relationship with you. He wants you to draw very close to him. Do not forsake Jesus by getting so wrapped up in life. Listen to the church, the, the letter to the church at Ephesus. You know, and it says this in chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you, far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from his place. I relate to this. You know, when, when you met the first girl or boyfriend that you fell hard for, for your first love, you know, things happened. You know, you couldn't wait to talk to them. You couldn't wait to be around them. You know, you had plans and thoughts. You know, your life was so, you were so giddy. I think in part that is what Jesus wants us to do, to be so excited about spending time with him that we can't wait to get alone and talk to him and get to church to hear about him and to just saturate his presence in our lives. And, you know, I remember that time. I remember, I, I think it was ninth grade, my first 
real crush. I had some little girlfriends growing up, but my first crush was in ninth grade, this girl named Luann. And, and uh, I had such a crush on her. And I just, I couldn't wait to get to school to see her and to just to be around her. <laughs> and then when she dumped me, I'm telling you what, I was so crushed. I was absolutely crushed. In fact, I think I didn't eat for two days, and everybody knows me knows that was ridiculous. But I, it took me months, months to get over that ninth grade crush, you know. And but I, I think of our relationship with God. That's what we need to have with Him. That we love Him so much that we can't wait to see Him. We can't wait to be a part of uh, of our lives. I think of the lyrics of this song. Said, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no river wide enough to keep me from loving you. That is what Jesus wants from us, to love him with all we have. The church of Ephesus was doing okay. They were doing okay, like a lot of our churches today. But they had one problem, and Jesus made it clear to them. <laughs> it's a pretty big problem. They had forgotten Jesus, their first love. He had been left out of the church equation. Oh, you know, they came together, you know, ritual, ritualistically uh, came to church, just like a lot of people do on Sunday mornings. Out of habit, they come to church. But they had no relationship. They had no walk with him. It was just out of what they were told to do, out of obligation, instead of out of a heartfelt love for our Lord. You know, other than that problem, they look pretty good for an outside observer, like I think many of our churches do. You know, look at that church go, when in fact they were doing all right, doing good things. But the problem was, Jesus wasn't in the mix. Evidently, they were about the business of the church, worship, Bible studies, ministry to each other. But they must have had a clear understanding of the gospel and doctrine because they tested the false teachers, so they, that had to be good. Above all, they had endured persecution, and they'd been faithful to the end. I would say they resemble a lot of churches today, and I think we can relate. We have good Bible studies, good worship, wonderful vacation Bible school program, and all sorts of great things going on, but is Jesus our first love? If you look at the world, then you look at our priorities. You even look at our checkbooks. Is God honored in all we do? Is God our first priority? The joy of my week is spending time in prayer with some prayer partners that I have. And I've told you many times on Thursday mornings, I have great prayer partners. I love Thursday mornings. But how much of my life in the past was spent like that? Not a lot. Sure, I'd spend time with God, but thank goodness, God got a hold of my heart and helped me see more clearly that I need to be more concentrated in my time with him. It wasn't until the last three or four years that I got up every morning and, and have spent this, or maybe five years, this, spent this alone time with God very in a very uh, deep way. I mean, I prayed all the time. And I, I think I was close to God, and I, I tried to do God's will, but I, I think I came to a greater understanding, even greater later in my ministry, how much more I need to be in depth with Him. You know, God knows our heart. He knows what we're after. He knows how much we honor Him. You know, God throwed me, uh, throwed me through some, showed me, I can't even talk here, through some prayer warriors that I need more alone time with him. And you know what? I changed that. I changed my life, and it has helped remarkably. God has worked so much more, and I've seen him so much more clearly. Sometimes all we have to do is we just need to take action. Unfortunately, I've, you know, 
We've all been there. But um, spend time with him. Slow down and recognize what you're missing. What are you missing in your spiritual walk? Stop for a moment and take a look at your lives and recognize where you truly are with Jesus Christ. Is your focus on him? Or is it just convenience when you need him? He longs to have a relationship with you. The problem is today, like it was in the early church in Ephesus, people have forgotten their first love. The passion is gone. You were once happy with your relationship with Christ, and of course all of us have those emotional times when we feel God is holding our hands. I mean, I certainly remember coming back from youth camps all fired up and full of zeal, full of fire for the Lord. And after a few weeks, all of a sudden, it kind of left. All of a sudden, I, I didn't feel that feeling again. Well, that's something we have to understand, too. Our relationship with God isn't based on feelings. There's days you get up, you don't feel like getting up. There's days you don't even feel Christian. There's days you don't even feel a, a depth to your life. You know, the enemy loves to throw those days at us, too. And he loves us to uh, put in put into perspective our lives and say, you know, you're nobody, you're nothing. But he also loves to deal with church people. And this is this is what we see in the churches in the in the churches that was written about in Revelation, is that God uh, that God was practiced in many ways, but yet the relationship wasn't there. Many people go to church. Not, oh, I shouldn't say many. 20% of America go to church. But the 20% of America, many of them that go to church go because they feel like they need to be in church. But beyond that, there's no relationship. There's no personal walk with God. There's no time of prayer. There's no time of in the Word of God. And many times, no time of fellowship and, and being with other people. You know, in the church today, and I mention this always because I see it in my church, I see it everywhere, is we have become hour-a-week people. If we can give God an hour, we're happy with that. If we can, give God a, we can go to our worship service, we're happy with that. But to go to a class, a Sunday school or a class or whatever it is, man, you know what? People don't do it. Wednesday nights, don't do it. Small groups, don't do it. You know what? I just don't have time for God. I don't have time for more than a week. God knows my heart. He knows I'm busy. I'm telling you what, God certainly does know your heart. He knows where you're at. And he's not a legalistic God. He's not a God that's beating you over the head. But he wants you to love him so much, have that passion so much that you want to be with him. Like I said earlier in my message, you know, when you're in love with somebody and you're in puppy love, I was infatuated, like I said, in ninth grade. I just I just couldn't wait to be with this girl. I just couldn't wait because I just thought she walked on water, you know, and my life was taken back by that and subsequently taken down by that for a period of time, you know, and I, I think in our lives we allow that to happen sometimes. And when things aren't going well, we turn our back on God instead of turn to God. You know, we all have issues. You know, this last week was the uh, 26th anniversary of my son's death, August 13th, well, a couple weeks ago, August 13th. And, uh, you know, he died on that day. I remember that. He'd be 31 today. I know he's waiting for me in heaven. But I, I remember that so very clearly, and it was, a, it was a devastating blow to our family. But you know what? God was greater than that. God lifted us through that and used that for his glory, and the church prospered and people came to know Jesus. 
people. God wants to use you every single day. Love Him. Life Point is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.